0: You're listening to the Law & Business Podcast, hosted by Anthony Verna. We tackle the difficult questions where business and the law intersect to help you run a smarter business and avoid costly mistakes. Brought to you by Verna Law PC, a full-service law firm focusing on patents, trademarks, copyrights, domain names, and advertising law. For more information, call 914-908-6757 or send an email to Anthony@vernalaw.com for more information. And welcome to the Law & Business Podcast. I'm here with Vikram Rajan. Rick, how are you doing today?
1: I'm well, Anthony. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing all right. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Thanks for having me. So, Vic, you're the co-founder of PhoneBlocker.net, which is an internet referral service for finance uh, professionals, accountants, and attorneys. How is it having professionals as your main <laughs> consumer?
1: It's a lot of fun. You know, sometimes people grimace and like, oh man, you work with lawyers. Why would you want to do that? Um, And I'm like, (laughs) um, I think maybe you said that to me. No, but uh, it's, I think, a lot of fun. You know, I'm a wannabe lawyer. I'm not an attorney, you know, full disclosure. Uh, But I was a political science major and did great in my con law class and had hopes and dreams of potentially going to law school, but ended up working with my dad uh, right out of school. So I uh, never uh, achieved the, the ultimate American dream of being an attorney. Uh, but I love working with predominantly lawyers and um, and really helping them succeed in their practices, growing their firm. It, it's a lot of fun. I mean, it, it's I, I like what you guys do for a living. I like that area uh, of, uh, you know, I guess – Maybe I romanticize it. Maybe it's not uh, awesome all the time. Oh, but you're, I like uh, the,
0: it. I'll let you romanticize it I'll, all you <laughs> want. I'll, I'll, I'll take that yeah. smoke. You know, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, find it, I find it fun. I mean, it, it's, um, you know, kind of a lot of us grew up being, uh, geeks and nerds. And, and I tend to say that affectionately. And I, and I very much, uh, uh can relate to that. So from that aspect, I like uh, working with smart people.
0: Wonderful. Um, and and yeah, some of us are some of us lawyers are geeks and nerds and 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 you know it's funny my friend Doug when I first was accepted to law school he looked at me and he said this means you're not going to be a nerd anymore and I, I kind of <laughs> looked at him and I said I didn't know that that would go away yeah yeah no I don't
1: think so, <laughs> so uh, I've seen your computer hookup Anthony so. <laughs> behind the scenes episode I'm I'm happy to tell all
0: (laughs) yes it's um, I do I do spring for um, I do spring for some some fun equipment yes but it's needed Um, so so phone blogger quickly what's what's your business model and and we'll go from there
1: Yeah, sure so our clients as you mentioned they're they're practicing professionals they need to stay top of mind with their referral relationships out of sight out of mind out of referrals so we help our clients do that they're usually busy working with their clients so a lot of the marketing stuff fall by the wayside so phone blogging is kind of a term we made up it's uh, by which we brainstorm article ideas with our clients over the phone of course and then set up a series of telephone interviews where if you can say it in five minutes they can read it in five minutes So they're short five to seven minute telephone interviews on a variety of blog topics that we brainstorm. We audio record it, transcribe, edit, and optimize those articles and then review it with our clients to get their final approval. They have full opportunity to make any edits and changes they want. But uh, the goal is that what we presented to them, it's good to go um, and We wanna make sure they find it an efficient process. And with their approval, we we make sure all the attorney advertising disclaimers and disclosures are attended to, words they can't say, must say, et cetera. Uh, We we optimize it uh, from an SEO standpoint. We add a copyright approved image. We then uh, promote those articles, of course, on their blog website. They don't have one, we can launch one for them. But usually nowadays people have a blog, they just don't use it. But we change that. And then we promote the articles through their uh, relevant social media. They don't need to be on everything all the time. Uh, but depending on the practice, maybe Facebook is more important than LinkedIn or vice versa. Um, plus, when it was around, was, a, was an important aspect. But more than even any other social media, you know, more people check more email, more times a day, more than any other social media combined. So we put the, the articles together into an email newsletter that goes out from there email address to their circle of influence, you know, using like MailChimp or Constant Contact, et cetera, and and get it done. And kind of the latest twist to all this is making sure that our clients are doing more and more video blogs, and we bring our clients together on Zoom video conference calls and take turns to record video blogs together and give each other feedback and introductions and and in a very similar process but a little bit more automated system, they're able to stay top of mind and engage their referral relationships, other lawyers, as well as potential clients using video blogs. And then they could turn those video blogs into regular articles, kind of like what we do at phone blogger, because we've got the audio and we could kind of follow the same process that we do traditionally at phone blogger that we've been doing for the past eight, nine years.
0: All right. Well, now that the commercial's over, Mm -hmm. uh, (laughs) I gave you some. Thank you for the blog. I appreciate it. (laughs) Hey, it's what we're it's what we're here for. Yeah. Um, I gave you I gave you some homework, and the homework I gave you was to give me three items professionals forget about blogging, yeah. and 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 we're going to dig deep here. But you said number one that uh, professionals should keep it short and simple. Two, yeah, that perfection is not required, regardless of of the medium that one is yeah. using, and three to remember frequency. Yeah. So let's. Um, let, let's, let's unpack this a little bit, because kind of like that Seinfeld episode, I got some problems with, uh, with you. Uh, no, with this, with this particular list. And so let's start off with, with short and simple. Why, why, why should somebody keep it short and simple?
1: Well, to quote Seinfeld, you know, it's more important to be real and spectacular. <laughs> more than anything else. Um, and the reason we need to keep it short and simple um, is attention spans. You know, at the end of the day, you know, if you're writing an article, um, you're, you're doing it for some type of marketing purposes. Um, not everyone's going to read every word, and it's almost not important that they read every word because we really want them to engage with the article or reply to the article. You know, literally click reply on the email newsletter, or click comment, like, share it on social media. And, you know, it, when we get these long emails from people, like not even a newsletter, but just from a client, prospective client even, um, or a family, and it's like paragraphs and paragraphs. And in even a relatively short email looks even longer on a cell phone. It's just kind of that TLDR, too long, didn't read, or uh, I'll just read that tomorrow. Tomorrow never comes. It's always today. So from that aspect alone, from a word-of-mouth marketing, attention-grabbing perspective, we want to keep it short and simple, Focused on one or two main topics, and we can always have a part two, part three, you know, link to further, uh, link to previous articles, further resources, quote others, et cetera. So um, it's really from that uh, attention span perspective so that people get the gist of it. We also, it prevents, uh, especially a lot of our attorney clients, from tripping into the uh, giving advice issue, you know, giving legal advice, you know, first of all, obviously there are attorney advertising ethics in play, but it's also kind of marketing common sense that you don't want to kind of give it all away, you know, then why would they buy the cow? So well, sure, in that sure. aspect, right. it doesn't make marketing sense, let alone it's, you know, it's violating ethics to give advice and, you know, keep it short and simple. No, no, for sure, you still give sure. advice quickly. No, but I, get, I get that,
0: but, but, but. If I'm writing an article on my on on my website, and it's and it's five hundred words. Sure. I, I mean that's not going to be. Picked oh, no, up. no, no, no. Five hundred is fine. No, what we, our cutoff okay. is about six, seven hundred words. Okay. Minimum three hundred
1: words. So we say someone should be able to read it within five minutes, preferably three minutes. So it's very much kind of a hundred words a minute kind of uh, rule of thumb. So yeah, minimum three hundred words. is kind of uh, you know with Google's you know. You know, mythological, uh, a number of minimum for a page being 300 hasn't always been confirmed, but, you know, around 300, sure. And our cutoff is around six, 700. The reason is because if someone veers into an article that's like 800 words, that enables us to kind of say part one, part two, we still got a 400-word article. Um, so 500 is fine. Yeah, no, we don't consider 500 long.
0: Well, well but that's kind, of, that's kind of my point. Like, don't I need to have a longer article? Don't I need some thousand word articles in there in order to keep my SEO up? Like like Google's, I I always was under the impression that Google's going to knock you down mm-hmm. if a page is really under a thousand words.
1: No, no, I mean, first of all, they don't really disclose that. Second Well,
0: I know they don't really, really disclose right, that.
1: Right, 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 and it's much more relevancy. Well, first of all, the overarching question is, are you building your practice off people finding you in the modern day Yellow Pages, which is Google, and that's fine if you are creating a firm that way, which is kind of be purposefully built to filter the tire kickers and, and to make sure you have some type of a, a a cost model that makes it efficient for that type of maybe higher volume type practice. So, it, and there are a variety of ways of using SEO effectively, but know that of course you're going to get a lot of people who just want the free advice or the cheapest option, etc. And that's not necessarily a bad thing if you can configure your practice to that, but a lot of boutique professionals, a lot of boutique firms, solos even to three-partner firms, they find more lucrative business from the word-of-mouth referral from another attorney who kind of tees up that client and say, look, you can go to Google and find a whole bunch of people. You could even Google this gentleman as well or this person as well, Uh, but trust me, I know her, I know him, I know their work, they're phenomenal. These are the people you want to work with. Or maybe they give you a short list and say, hey, here's two or three people depending on personality or exactly what they're taking on right now. Uh, but the referral tends to be more lucrative. However, going back to your point, Anthony, in terms of SEO, there are a lot of great statistics around a long-form article that is a is 1,000-word plus. Right. I to find it that it's very skewed. By Kind of people like me. Maybe you're in that camp where it's a lot of bloggers writing about blogging for other bloggers, and you know, for, that, yeah. So, I, I, like, that's my main source. I don't subscribe to print magazines. I don't really read print books anymore. Everything I do is online. I'm staring at some type of screen all the time, depending on the size of the screen, and that is coming, becoming more and more commonplace. I mean, sure, but in general. People are not spending a whole lot of time uh, learning from the article as much as they're justifying and edifying that you that you know what you're talking about as an attorney. I can know like and trust you from this little bit of information and now I'm ready to start talking to you and seeing if you can answer my specific questions and' it's are now your uh, your job to kind of convert that into uh, an engagement relationship but, so
0: but, but once again am I, am I and an... Obviously I, I let you correct me when I'm wrong, but if uh, if somebody wants to know who I am and if somebody wants to know what my thought processes are, especially as a professional where my, my work is in my head and, yeah. and it doesn't happen until I put it onto paper or a digital yep. file these days, don't I want a longer article to show somebody why I'm worth picking up the phone and calling
1: Those are the outliers. It's kind of like any other bell curve, you know, sure, you're going to have some articles that are completely self-promotional. Look how great I am. I'm in super lawyers yet again. I'm so (laughs) awesome. You know, you should, you know, essentially hire me now. Uh, And those are outliers because that gets really annoying really quickly, including the, you know, you know, know, it's you know, it's great that it's, you know, Christmas time again. And, you know, the kind of holiday messages. OK, fine. Um, So the the personal musings as well as like the path from the back is on one end of the spectrum of, you know, we could roll the eyes. And, of course, if we know someone, it's kind of nice and endearing to kind of hear about those kind of stuff. On the other end of that bell curve spectrum, I would place what you're talking about in terms of that white paper, peer-reviewed article type long form that honestly is going to be way over the head for most of your clients that's depending if you're an FCC attorney working with hedge fund managers, maybe you're very highly sophisticated, very long article with a whole bunch of citations and other footnotes. Um, it's going to be this wonderful opus of a, of a blog post. Okay. (laughs) but That's not really what a blog is supposed to be. You know, a blog originally is like this travel log, the musings of someone, you know, traveling around the world. And, you know, they're not writing like a book on each place. You know, they're not, they're not Darwin kind of writing this opus of what they're discovering on the Island. It's a really kind of a, a quick musings of their expertise when it comes to professional blog. So look, I'm not going to disagree that, Look, if you're a blog, do whatever you want. But from a marketing standpoint, (laughs) you know, it's, you know, will someone sit there and watch like a one hour sophisticated video uh, that really, let's say a CLE quality presentation that you would do? I already know the
0: answer to that. That one's no.
1: Yeah, which is very similar to, let's say, a read, a thousand word read that maybe takes 15 minutes to read, let's say on average. It's like, look, it's CLE quality, it's peer-reviewed quality, and look, when you do get published in the New York Law Journal or other type of peer-reviewed periodicals, absolutely you want to have it on your blog or at least an excerpt to the, the paywall version of it. Um, and of course, that also legitimizes you with your referral relationships, other attorneys who know you're for real and not just some you know marketing maven. So from that aspect, it builds credibility, kind of the reason to teach CLEs, mm. um, but on the, you know, for the bulk of your blog posts, keep it around four or five hundred words because okay. it's, it goes to the other rules of thumb that we'll talk about now.
0: All right. Very good. Thank you. Thank you, sir, for for dealing with my torturous questions.
1: Thank you for challenging. This was not rigorous, so I. <laughs> uh,
0: so for number two, perfection is not required, regardless of of medium. So assuming medium meaning uh, the text, uh, yeah. for for uh, a podcast like ours, uh, or for a video blog as well.
1: Right. So it's look. Especially when it's written, you know, we definitely don't want glaring typos, uh, awful, glaring grammatical issues, and, and there, you know, I was going to
0: say like I'm a lawyer; I got to make it good, yeah. <laughs>
1: don't I? And, and, and even when we when we work with our clients, you know, we ask we have an author voice preference (AVP) is our jargon, and it's a couple of questions that we always ask our clients because it's exactly that. It's how colloquial can we be with this article? How verbatim can we be with how they sound on the phone? Because it is conversational. It is more engaging to be that way. It's very, very much blogging uh, best practices to, to speak in the first and second person, I, we, you, um, as well as to use numerals, use contractions. It's okay. You know, look, we're not going to say LOL or use emoji or anything. Now, if that's your personality and you wanted to, sure, you could if it makes sense for your type of market. But by and large, we're not doing that. Uh, so it's still professional. But you can use contractions. That's okay. Even if you wouldn't use it in a more formal setting, um, you could use even you know, some colloquialisms and phrasings. And um, I remember uh, one of our criminal defense attorneys uh, were using all sorts of four-letter words that I don't even know if it's allowed on this podcast. And he was essentially quoting uh, one of his clients, um, like F this, F that. And I, would, I had to show you know, a prospective client like examples of our work, and we have a website called Recommended Authors where all of our clients are cross-promoted, and that was the first one. And he didn't see me; we weren't we weren't on like a Zoom video call or anything back then. So I went red in the face, um, <laughs> and I danced around that. I said, "Hey, look, here's proof that all of the articles are very much custom. They're 100% our client's words. It's their personality, because that's how he wants to relate with his potential clients. He wants to show that, you know." He, he's a salt-of-the-earth guy, and he could have a salty tongue as well, and that's okay. Uh, obviously, other attorneys would not feel comfortable being like that on their website. So it's okay to be uh, the way you want to be, with, especially when it's relevant to your type of clientele. Um, however, you know, from that aspect, it's, you don't have to worry too much about perfectionism in terms of getting it all in because – there'll always be more to say, because there are books and books and, you know, longer form articles, as we said before, written about this topic. And, you know, grammar is important when it's written. But when it's on a podcast, we can speak in fragment sentences. And that's okay, sometimes even more powerful. Likewise, in the written world, it's bullet points. And the more bullet points, it's easier to absorb and skim. And we really want people to kind of get the Point of the article and then contact you. So it's not really, we're not educating them about the topic as much as inspiring them, not in the rah rah sense, but inspiring them to take action, which is basically to email, call you, set up a time, and obviously do business with you. So that's from a marketing standpoint. Another reason, keep it short and simple and don't focus so much on like, oh, it's not yet perfect. It's not exactly how you can always rewrite the same sentence so long as structurally it's correct. And then when it comes to video, even more so, it's kind of taking podcasting to the next level and saying, look, be you, be natural. You flub up a word, not a big deal. You're always talking to people live, and you, oh, you know, we're always messing up words and saying, um, and that's no big deal. Uh, and it kind of gives you more flexibility to showcase more of your personality that way, uh, even more than the written word, where, yes more spelling and grammar is expected. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, showcase your excellent work and work epic, but don't you worry too much about fitting it all in.
0: When, in terms of having second thoughts on a blog post, in other words, yeah. gee, I could have said X differently, I could have said mm-hmm. Y differently. Mm-hmm. Is that going to hurt you or help you from an SEO standpoint, considering that if Google goes to the page and now sees that page updated in some particular fashion, uh, is that an SEO consideration at all? Or would it be better to put out a second blog post that adds to what the original said?
1: Yeah, every blog post you add to your website is in essence adding a new page to your website because every blog post has its own u- unique URL, its own web address. It's very long and Google considers that another page so uh, more pages the better. It shows you're a complex website. It's obviously now an, a, a new page so it shows your, your firm is alive, the website is alive. So I use a, very much a, a tree metaphor and analogy when it comes to SEO that the longer you've been around, it's like the trunk and the roots. It's deeper that Google is going to respect and other people respect you, kind of established since, let's say, 1984. So you've been around a long time. Um, And then you also want that tree to have fresh leaves because it shows that it's still alive and growing and it's still relevant and, and the content isn't outdated. So yes, absolutely. More than correcting a previous article better to have a new post. Likewise, substantively, it's not only like stylistically, I could have said it better, but you know, laws change, regulations change, the market changes, you want to update your blog, because something from even last year, or a couple of years ago, could no longer be accurate. Um, And I would suggest if it's literally an accuracy issue, you should probably put something on that blog of here's an updated article, and, and link it to the new one. So that because that that article probably is going to be better indexed because, again, it's been around a while, but not necessarily. It goes, again, into keywords and freshness, the variety of uh, uh, um, aspects and uh, um, points to, to be made in terms of SEO algorithm. But with that new article, to your point, Anthony, absolutely. Create a new post, link to that previous one if you want even more context, um, and, and then you are going to achieve everything you want.
0: Well, and this goes to your third point as well, which is to make sure that that your blog is updated with some kind of frequency.
1: yeah, consistency is key frequency even more so how
0: How, how do you measure that i because first off as 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 professionals whether whether you're doing it for professionals or, or we're doing it ourselves. There is a time constraint on. Gee, how often? How often should I put up a blog post? Also, how often does inspiration hit me to say something in my area? Well,
1: yeah, sure. So you know, in one aspect,
0: you know, we want to solve the
1: inspiration issue because it's you know, it's like me going to the gym. If I only went to the gym when I felt inspired to work out. Um, I, I'd essentially look the way I look. So that's the, pro- that's, that's the problem right there. So I need to kind of get over the inspiration aspect and realize it's, that it's about perspiration. Um, just made that up. But that it's really it's work. It's a consistency effort, and this is a marketing strategy, not just the musings of life. And in that sense, we need to help our clients come up with a consistent uh, bank of ideas and get them thinking that whenever a client asks them a question, whenever they get, whenever they're answering a client or a prospective client by email, um, whenever uh, another attorney kind of just asks them a quote unquote quick question, these are all potential topics for the blog. So we have a tool called Blog Brainstormer. It's literally blogbrainstormer.com anyone can use it. It's just kind of an open, uh, it was a Google document that we made into something that looks a little cooler, but well, we may actually go back to a Google document because it's easier to print. Uh, and there'll be a new version up, uh, um, probably in May, 2019. Um, so the blog brainstormer helps our clients come up with topics. That's the easiest issue to, co- uh, to, to tackle. And then when it comes to time, you know, of course here, there's a the phone blogger plug, but that aside of using a, a service like phone blogger, um, it's, again, it, when you're focused on keeping it short and simple and knowing that grammar and spelling are important, but everything else should be bullet points, um, it, it enables you to kind of get more posts out there. However, when it comes to frequency, with SEO, Google is a sponge, so more is more. But when it comes to staying top of mind, to some extent, less is more because you can very easily overstay your welcome. And if you blog too much or post almost too much, even on social media – you're going to venture into, like, eye-rolling territory where, like, oh, here he is again. It's like, I wonder if he's not busy enough, you know? So, so that's like, you have to be careful because, it's like, unless they know that you've got a firm and you've got staff and power staff, et cetera, you got, you know, attorneys on staff, et cetera, where your job is the rainmaker and this is your job. And then at that point, you know, they're like, all right, I get it because that's all you do all day. It's market, so, okay, fair. You're writing blog articles all day, but the rest of us actually have to, work with clients. So from that aspect you don't want to create resentment. And I would say look, one blog post a week is great. Two a month is fine. Every other week is fine. A lot of our clients do that and and, and they do well. If you can't do that, look, something is better than nothing. Once a month, I know everyone can do. You can carve out time to really get it done once a month now with video blogging it's even easier it's more efficient with video blogging i say minimum once a week because it's so easy to do especially the way we do it it's very comfortable and convenient uh but it, as you kind of get used to it you, you could do more so um once you get over the kind of coming up with the topics, you know kind of jotting out a 400 word 500 word post really isn't that difficult
0: uh vic how how, how do you how do you recommend that somebody post the, um, the video blog then to the site for maximum SEO boost, which is really what we're all looking for yeah. when we're doing this to our websites?
1: So I would highly suggest people, keeping it simple, use YouTube and YouTube will give you an embed code, which essentially is a copy and paste thing that you could put into your website and your website We'll kind of take care of the rest if it's WordPress, it's going to be even easier to to embed a YouTube video if you have Squarespace or you know any other kind of platform. They're all going to work with YouTube very effortlessly and seamlessly. It's going to all work. And the reason from an uh, SEO standpoint, YouTube itself is a search engine. People go there to kind of get their questions answered. Of course, it's owned by Google, so it's highly optimized. Google prefers YouTube over other video platforms like Vimeo, et cetera. So it's, you know, that's the easiest. But then when you're sharing the videos on social media, which I highly suggest uh, so that people know you've done something, you want to upload it straight to that platform. It's called native video, as opposed to sharing the YouTube link. So click a button and post it onto, you know, upload it to LinkedIn, upload it to Facebook. Um, You know, kind of annoying to kind of having to upload everywhere, but look, you don't really, A, you're not really uploading it everywhere. Most likely you're going to pick a platform that makes sense for for your type of practice. And even if you kind of want to be quote unquote everywhere, it's going to be, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube, unless you're purposely creating special type of videos for Instagram, but that's a whole different world. Um, Instagram has its own uh, issues where they want vertical video, they want one minute video, you know, that's a whole, and and then that you have to kind of judge if that's your kind of market, which it may be if you're an entertainment lawyer, it makes sense. Uh, You know, it it depends on the practice area. So from that aspect, uh, I don't mean to dismiss it. It's a, it's its own, Beast. But for the most part, you're going to be great with video for Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube. Very easy. We make it even easier because the review page is all integrated. So you just click a button and everything is automated. But even when you do it on your own, it's not that, uh, not that difficult.
0: All right, Vic. Thank you. We're, we're out of time here. But uh, before we go, I will give you one last commercial. How can people find you?
1: Easiest is to email me, Vic, V I K at phoneblogger.net. Yeah. Ask me any questions. Uh, I like email. Obviously, you can find me on all the social media platforms, but email is easiest.
0: All righty, sir. Thank you so much for being on. Thank you, Anthony. Well, I hope to do it again. Yeah, likewise. Thank you, sir. This has been the Law and Business Podcast. Visit vernalaw.com for more episodes. To contact Verna Law PC, send an email to anthony at vernalaw.com or call 914-358-6401.